here a little bit is that that we can remember these lessons. Thanks, being thankful and thanksgiving is just such a um, an important part of, and we're going to talk about this a little bit tonight. Relationship. That when people are thankful, when people are, 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 you know, have that type of an attitude, it seems like the relationship just seems to go a whole lot better. And you and I, we understand that that's what this thing is really a lot about, is we're building a relationship with God. And so um, uh, one of the key scriptures last week we used was, of course, with David. Anybody remember when David came into the, uh, the city of Jerusalem with the ark? You know, that what he did finally, you know, I mean, the first attempt wasn't very good, was it? Yeah, remember that? That's where the king or the, the priest Uzziah, um, you know, tried to steady the ark and was struck dead. And for so for about 90 days, I mean, it was put on hold. But the second time David, you know, brought that ark into Jerusalem, um, the scripture says and uses the idea that he danced before the Lord with all of his might, put on quite a demonstration. And he was just thankful. I mean, David, you know, the scripture refers to him as a man after God's own heart. So we have to assume that David didn't do it with a showy attitude. He didn't do it so that people could look at him. He did it because he was really grateful that this ark was coming into the city. And now we could, they could have worship. And, and I mean, my goodness, he just let it all fly, didn't he? And that's a good thing, isn't it? It really is. Um, and then the one, another key scripture that if you just remember last week was in the 15th chapter of John. Remember that? Jesus said, if you abide in me, amen, and we've, we discovered that word means to stay. It means to be steadfast in the Lord. And so these are all things. Thanksgiving gives you that, um, that staple. It does. If you're thankful for something, usually you're going to stay around. Amen. And so I'm thankful that, we, that we, can, we can learn these things. This week we're going to take it up another notch. We're going to talk about the source, the source. And we're going to use some examples in Scripture that will help us to understand what does that really mean, you know. Um, we, wanna, we, want to, um, um, we want to go to the source. Look it up in the screen or you can look in your books. I think you probably got this verse of Scripture there. Um, the Bible says every good gift. Somebody say everyone. And every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Now, that's King James Version language. You know, if you want to really dig into that, get yourself an amplified Bible and, and look at some of the words there, and, and you're going to discover some things that uh, will be extremely valuable. Listen to this. Though Jews often avoided Samaria when they traveled, it says many chose to travel the long way around to keep from having to interact with the Samaritans. They really did go out of their way not to go there. Uh, Jesus decided, though, um, several times throughout Scripture to go ahead and enter the area. Jesus was never hesitant to minister to people, or uh, to uh, yeah, to people others wanted to just avoid. Jesus always was ministering to anybody. On one such occasion. As he was on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus passed through the midst of Samaria and came into Galilee. As he entered a certain village, ten lepers stood at a distance and called out to Jesus, hoping he would heal them. They cried, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When Jesus turned to look, he was immediately moved with compassion. Remember Sunday night we talked about picking up our cross of compassion? Amen. Let's, let's let God help us with that because that will help us to minister to people like Jesus. 
Well, Jesus just gave him some advice. He said, go show yourselves unto the priests, as he replied. Knowing Jesus had the power to heal, they recognized the significance of Jesus' command. They turned to make their way into town to visit the priest, each feeling something miraculous had happened to them. With nervous excitement, they began to rejoice as they talked about how their lives were going to change. Can you imagine that? One day they were a leper, and the next day they weren't. Completely banished from, from humankind, and now all of a sudden they had all of the opportunities in the world. Wow, that would have been a deal, wouldn't it? These ten men made their way as quickly as they could, laughing, crying, and high-fiving one another. However, in the middle of the celebration, this is the thing I think is cool, one of the men stopped. The others didn't notice he had turned around and began running in the opposite direction. Luke tells us, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God, and, and fell down on his face at his Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Um, if we don't get there tonight, that's found in the 17th chapter of the book of Luke. That's a, read that story. If we don't get to that story tonight, make it a point this week to acquaint yourself or reacquaint yourself with that story. That is absolutely awesome. Praise God. Now, when Jesus saw the man full of gratefulness and thanksgiving, he told the man, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee. Does anybody know what that five-letter word was? Yes. He's, Jesus was able to tell him something he couldn't tell the other ones because they'd already left. And so think about that. Yes, the other nine may have been healed, but the gratitude of this Samaritan man opened the door to an even greater miracle. How many be interested in a greater miracle? So would I. He had been healed when Jesus first spoke, but when he returned to the source, look at somebody and say, we're going to talk about the source. Yes, when he returned to the source, Jesus was the source of his healing. He found wholeness and restoration, praise God. How many here have, have found that to happen maybe a time or two? Why don't you lift both of those hands right now and let's ask God to help us to know a little more about the source in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give him an opportunity to just absolutely engulf us here tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. I am so glad that I know the source of power. I know the source of healing. I know the source of deliverance. I know the source of salvation. His name is Jesus. I want to keep coming back, Jesus. I want to just be at your feet. I want to just be grateful and thankful for all that you have done. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Praise your holy name. Oh, my goodness. Could we just give him a cl hand clap? God, praise God, and so I am so thankful tonight in Jesus' name. I'm just being myself up here, folks, okay? My wife likes the way Jerry teaches, and so she has to put up with me tonight, praise God, and so do you, but I am. I, I love these lessons. I hope that you're digging into them. I hope that you're taking them home and dissecting them a little bit, and, and, and I think it will really, really help, praise God. The scripture does tell us that in everything be thankful, and for everything be thankful, 
That doesn't mean when everything's going your way. It just means that every opportunity, everything that happens in our life, um, especially once you've been born again, man, it's for the, it's for the good in Jesus' name. Uh, we talk about thanksgiving as a primary attribute of, of Christian character. Or let me put it this way, or it should be, okay? This should be part of our character. There shouldn't be, you know, um, uh, things that, that have to, you know, that have to happen, you know, uh, a lot of times. You know, it has to go up to this level before I'll be that way. No, keep pushing that. Keep letting that to become something more. Um, I, I, I um, underlined this in my book. I, I don't know if it's in yours or not, but the paramount truth of our relationship with God informs us that the source of blessing is more important than the blessing itself. Now, there is a very important point tonight right there that the source is actually more important than the thing that happens to us amen and so consider that amen let me throw this out maybe we can get a couple of uh, of you to to um, to, to, um, to respond to this but why do you think that um, uh, that nine of the former uh, or those former lepers didn't return to Jesus why do you think they didn't come back Kind of appears that way, doesn't it? You know, I mean, we would have to assume that could be. Maybe they didn't. That's true. That's true. That's true. They were being obedient. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt, all right? Amen. But one thought, you know, going back to Jesus is worth the disobedience. No, I shouldn't say that, but... Uh, but there could have been a lot of different ideas, you know, that type of thing. And so you think about it, you know, those nine, what happened there, you know? You'd have thought that with the one going back and, and causing quite a ruckus that he did, that, man, at least one or two of them would have said, man, alive, that makes sense. I'm going, I'm going to join him. I mean, it's kind of like when we're in a service, you know, that, that um, you know, maybe once in a while somebody might be sitting there and not doing a whole lot until somebody else gets up, until somebody else starts to shout until somebody else begins to praise. Yeah, sometimes that can be just the thing that will, that will bring somebody, you know, closer to the Lord. But it's just kind of interesting, you know, you think about it. Now, the thought is, is if God honors gratitude, which he did, when that guy came back, Jesus was able to say things to him that he wasn't able to say. Well, it follows that ingratitude probably is going to offend God. And that's what we have to be careful that, you know, um, we don't get ourselves in a place that God just couldn't do enough for us, you know, that we just shut it down in our own hearts. And so we have to be careful with that kind of thought, praise God, you know, because Jesus did make reference to it. If you study that 17th chapter of Luke, he will say, weren't there 10? So there's a little bit of that, you know, Jesus was expecting all 10 of them to come back and to begin to worship him. Amen. So think about that. I think it's a good story for us to, you know, for us to ponder in our own life. And that's really what this Bible study can be very, very advantageous to, is look at your own life. Don't look at somebody else's. Look at how you, you know, handle things when God does things for you and that type of thing. And I'm not here to size you up. I'm hoping that you will be able to examine yourself. Amen. And when something happens like that, what do we do? This is a good way for us to, you know, to kind of say, well, you know, next time I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be right on the spot. 
Now, up on the screen it says Thanksgiving identifies the source, and that's what we're seeing happen with the ten or with the with the one leper is that he identified the source of what he got. And so we must keep that in mind. I think God wants to help us. I want to know the source. I really do. I want to know the source. Now think about this thought. Living in a fully developed society, that's what we would consider America, you know, has confused many people about the primary source of their well-being and lifestyle. Just living in a, in a place where everything happens kind of confuses people sometimes. When we need light, what do we do? Yeah, we just flip a switch. We don't even think anything about it, you know. When we need food, we just go to the fridge. We just go to the pantry. It's already there. Now, I'm talking about our culture on the most part. Now, I understand we do have poor people in this country, and there's probably folks that are not doing so well, even tonight. But most of us, I'm talking about the vast majority of American people, this is just how it goes. You know, when we need clothes, we go to the closet, and we pull open a drawer. When we need to go somewhere, we just jump into the car and turn the key, and we go. See, what we're doing is we're a byproduct of a convenient society. We've got all the conveniences we have. And so would it just make sense that sometimes it would be easy for people to forget where all of this goes? Remember the verse of Scripture that we started with? How many gifts come from above? Come on, we got to recognize that. And you see, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying because of where we live and how we live sometimes, this can be the culprit. And that's why we have to, you know, kind of shake ourselves and that type of thing. But these conveniences only represent the end link of a long chain that goes all the way back to the beginning source. Whether the soil, the animal, or the minerals, the energy in the ground, either we don't realize or we don't appreciate the true source of all of our necessities in life. I don't know, this is kind of interesting, and I, was, I didn't know if I was going to read this or not tonight, but I thought it was very, very interesting. Listen to this. More than, one, than a third of, of 16 to 23-year-olds, 36% do not know, or did not know, or do not know that bacon comes from pigs. No, that's a, that, that, this is a, they're, they're saying this is true, you know. Yeah. I'm talking about the source, though. You can have that turkey stuff if you want. If I want bacon, I'm going to have the stuff that comes from the pig. I remember Brother Tenney told the story. He said, you know, the difference between um, commitment and, and, um, and involvement is what a lot of people have for breakfast, bacon and eggs. He said, you know, the hen was involved, but the pig was committed. <laughs> you think about that. Yeah. But I didn't realize that, you know. And so a lot of people don't know where the source is anymore. And we're talking about a lot of young people are growing up and they have no idea what's on the farm. They have no idea where this stuff comes from. Well, the thing that I think we're, we're trying to make the point here is let's not let that happen in the, in the apostolic church. Let's not forget where all of this comes from. Every good gift, every perfect gift cometh from God, praise God, and comes down. Amen. Jesus at one time even said it rains on, on the poor and it rains on the rich, praise God. God gives a lot of good gifts on a daily basis. And we just need to understand that God wants to help us not to forget the source. 
And so we can, you know, God can help us to do that, praise God. It says here also, although 4 in 10 young adults, 40%, consider themselves knowledgeable about where their food comes from, the results revealed a shocking lack of knowledge about how the, the most basic food is produced. You know, we often hear reports that our food knowledge may be declining, but this new research shows how bad the situation is becoming, that a lot of folks don't know where this stuff comes from. Amen. And so consider that. Let's not let that be something that happens to us in the apostolic church. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. You know, it goes on to say here, believers, and that's us, right, must never disassociate their blessings of life from the source of those blessings. That's the thing that we don't want to do. Let me just put it right down to where the rubber meets the road here. Let's not be guilty of worshiping the blessings. That's what we can, we can fall right into that category. And believe me, that's just opening the back door not to be grateful for who gives them. Pretty soon all we're doing is we're just lifting up because something good happens. You know, we praise for the healing or we praise for the deliverance. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be thank, you know, we shouldn't acknowledge that. But we got to always give God the praise. Always be willing to say, Jesus, you're the one, praise God, no matter what's happening in the name of Jesus. Can you think of one thing this week that God has done for you? Can you think of one thing? Come on, can you? Then why don't you stick that hand up right now and thank God for it right now. Acknowledge that. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for my lovely wife. I thank you for taking care of my car that it needs to get fixed, that you worked out a way that I could get a loaner. I thank you for that, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for these things. I thank you for giving us a safe trip here tonight, that you helped us, Lord God, just to get here safe in Jesus' name, that you helped me to put stuff out there on the sidewalk so nobody would fall. I thank you for these things, Lord God. You are the source. You're the one that puts that in my brain. You're the one that gives me these good thoughts in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, I want to be ever, Lord God, giving you the praise in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Think about it, folks. Think about it. Praise God. Amen. Now, let me give you some examples of what we do. Okay, what we do, and again, I'm not finding fault here. I'm just trying to jog our memories here. And hopefully we can plant a seed in our minds tonight that we'll go a little bit further back. What are you talking about? Well, it has become far too common for us to credit doctors, medicine, exercise, or diet for our healing instead of God. Now, I'm not saying that none of those things can't contribute to it. But you've got to understand, does the Bible not say every? Come on. So all of that is coming from the source. And so let's remember that, praise God, and go all the way back. We often look to our, now this is what we do sometimes, we look to our talents, abilities, and good habits, and good work ethics to explain our good income or financial security. Now there's another one of those areas we have to be very careful about. Now, again, I'm not saying that you aren't, you're not being good to go to work and you're earning a living and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm not saying you shouldn't take a little pride in that. But never forget the source. 
Come on, God is the one that helps you to obtain those talents. God is the one that helped develop those good habits in your life in the name of Jesus. Come on, I'm, I'm hoping after tonight, praise God, that there ain't going to be anybody in this room that's going to be, that's, you know, that's going to fail to give God the praise and the glory for everything in Jesus' name. And so I'm going to tell you something. This is what will help. This will really, really, really help us, praise God. And so every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God is no respecter of persons, praise God. He loves everybody. Or let me put it this way. He makes his love available to everybody. And so everybody can be a recipient of what God is doing in Jesus' name. Now, let's get your brains thinking here a little bit tonight okay why do you think it's important for us to acknowledge the Lord as the source of all of our blessings now think about this for a second why do you think it's important for us to do this why yes sir kind of get back there when you need it again right yeah I think that's a good idea how about you What did we learn last week? Come on, let's go back down memory lane here. Chapter 15 of the Gospel of John. You cannot do anything without me. And Jesus wasn't trying to be a bully. He wasn't trying to, you know, make you look little and bad and all that kind of business. He was just stating a fact that without him, we can't accomplish anything. So we've got to be careful with that. That's a beautiful thought. Anybody else, why do you think it's important? Oh, what's the question? Okay, why is it important for us to acknowledge the Lord as the source of all of our blessings? Oh, I like that one. Praise God. Once you get it from God and you give Him the glory, it makes it a whole lot easier to go back and ask Him again, doesn't it? Good answer. That's an excellent answer. Anybody else? I'm talking about why is it important for us to acknowledge Him as the source? That's good. That's good. Good answer. And all of these were good answers. Can you think of a character in the Old Testament that really went to extremes in that? First letter is J. Yeah. Remember that when Job lost it all? Yeah. Remember that? That first chapter of Job is a real eye-opener, isn't it? I mean, Job had to have a pretty good attitude. I mean, I don't know how much all of it accumulated, but my goodness, by the time he, everything was done, I mean, what was his answer? He said, you know, naked I came into this world, and naked I'm going to go out of this world. And then he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. Wow. I'm glad the book of Job is still there. I'm glad that, you know, and, and in comparison, I've never gone anything into in anything quite that, you know, like that. Amen. That I can look at an example like that and I can say, God, help me to be more like that. 
And so this is why, you know, um, in the good times, give him praise. In the bad times, do the same is what the song says. And so this is what I think happens is, like you said, your good answers. It increases our faith. It helps us not to get the big heads, you know, and think that, hey, I can do this on my own. Because I'm going to tell you something, folks. That's one of the biggest temptations that you and I have is after we start walking with God and living for God the way we need to live for it, pretty soon all of a sudden we get, we get you know, thinking that we can do all of this ourselves. Amen. And we have to be extremely careful with that in Jesus' name. Praise God. It says on your, in your books, uh, number two there, it says, Thanksgiving places a person in the right perspective to the source. Praise God. This is what God wants to help us to do is stay right there. Stay right there. And praise God. Give him the praise. And, and this is why these lessons, in my opinion, are so valuable is this is what helps us to maintain that attitude, praise God. And I want to maintain that attitude, I really do, you know. Listen to this. One of the worst evils of today's political realities involves a state of mind called the entitlement. Ah, that one really does stick, stick out there, don't it? Um, what, do, what do you think of, Mike, when somebody, uh, when, when, if you think somebody has an entitlement spirit, what would that encompass? Ooh, that big D word. Wow. You know, in my opinion, and I'm not raking him over the coals, but I think that was a little bit of the disease that David got. I have no idea why he wasn't out there in the field. That was really, really against his character. David was the kind of guy that liked to lead the battle. But all of a sudden, some, one day, he just found himself with all this free time. And boy, did he get himself into trouble, didn't he? And you know, he might have had that. He might have had that little bit of an entitlement mentality. I deserve a break. I deserve vacation. I deserve to, to sit this battle out. And unfortunately, it, it, didn't, it didn't play out well for him, did it? And so this is what we have to consider sometimes, this entitlement, praise God, that seems to be really, 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 you know, up there today, you know. What it does is it refers to masses of people who believe that privileges are rights. And believe me, that's what this country preaches, that because you're an American citizen, you know, you deserve, and listen, folks, I'm not trying to be political here tonight. We just have to be careful with that, you know. And so people believe that privileges are rights and that they are entitled to receive them. And, and listen to this. This kind of mentality will breed some things. It will breed some consequences. Let me give you a few of them. You might want to write these down, okay? What does this kind of mentality breed? Well, number one, it breeds a lack of appreciation for the sacrifices of others. You've quit looking at, man, somebody had, you know, I remember in my hometown um, of Cascade when I was a kid, um, Hilldale uh, um, Dairies come out of Dubuque, and, they, and we actually got our milk delivered right to our front door. I think Courtney gets that down in Colorado, not yet, too, I think. That's kind of cool. I saw a milk box sitting there, you know. But I'll never forget one morning come, going out there and getting that gallon of milk that they had, and I just realized something. That guy had to get up pretty early to deliver that milk. Yeah. And so, again, that's just one of 
thousands of examples, praise God, that because we have things, praise God, our grandson, our oldest grandson called us last night from San Diego. He's, boy, I, he's really ticked somebody off. He's had to spend five years in Hawaii. He had to spend a year in Florida. He had to spend two years in Washington, D.C. And now he's got to spend another five years in San Diego. Who do you think doesn't like that guy? But you know, the thing of it is he was telling us that next week I think he's coming back from some training and he has to go out into the desert, into the Nevada desert, and he has to stay for several nights. And so it isn't all just, you know, fun and games to him. There's a lot of sacrifices that he makes because he's part of the military of this country. And so what we have to be careful of is that entitlement. Well, we deserve to have that protection. Well, you might think that, but never forget that there's a lot of sacrifices that have to take place in order for us to have it. Now, I'm just talking about practical sense here, okay? And this is what Thanksgiving will get us back to, is being practical for the things of God. So a lack of appreciation for the sacrifices of others. That's what entitlement mentality will bring. Another thing that it will bring is it will bring the lack of personal responsibility. What is my responsibility in this? Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things that I look at, and I... I I have to be careful, you know, but the amount of taxes we have to pay. Yeah, how many ever get angry at paying taxes? Yeah, come on, we do, you know, but we have to be careful with that, you know. We live in a country that has a lot of privileges, and because of that, people have to pay. And if I'm going to sit back and say, well, let somebody else pay, pretty soon, man, there ain't going to be enough to go around. And so we have to be careful with that entitlement mentality. Uh, the, the third one here. So we got a lack of appreciation for the sacrifices of others, and then we have a lack of personal responsibility. What's my responsibility here? And then number three, an inability to accept that actions carry consequences. Yeah, we have to be careful with that one. See, the entitlement mentality will say, no, I shouldn't get caught. You shouldn't have to put me in jail. You shouldn't have to arrest me. That's usually the first thought when that red light goes on behind me and I'm pulling over. Yeah. I'm just as human as you are. And we've got to understand, praise God, that there are consequences. And this is part of it, praise God. And then the last one is that arrogance. Arrogance is one of the things that will be a byproduct of, a, of an entitlement mentality, is that we will get arrogant that, that assumes privilege reflects on the merits of the individual in question. Why? What do you mean? For example, someone who is fortunate enough to be born extremely intelligent may, might arrogantly assume that intelligence is an achievement on their part. Whoa. Better watch that one, folks. That's why I'm saying this lesson is very valuable. If you and I will learn to give it all to God. Okay. Arrogance that assumes privilege reflects on the merits of the individual in question. That's quite a thought. And believe me, folks, there's a lot of that going around. There just is. That's why one of the things that you and I can do to safeguard that is be quick to acknowledge that every good gift, 
every perfect gift. Come on, not ever go, don't even get sidetracked. Realize that anything that happens, it's because of God. Amen. And so you and I, we can begin to develop that deep thinking. And I believe it will go a long way in helping us. Praise God. And that's what God wants to do in Jesus' name. Now think about this. this the thought that I'm trying to really bring across here tonight is the fact that the giver is superior to the one who gets the blessing. And you've got to understand, we just read the scripture. We know where everything comes from. It comes from God in Jesus' name. Let's, 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 let's develop this attitude through Scripture. Amen. Look it up on the screen, Psalms 8, verses 3 through 5. It says, When I consider the heavens, the writer says, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. Verse number 4 says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Boy, what a thought. Why do you even give us the time of day, God? Yeah, and the Son of Man, that thou visitest him. And then verse number 5 says, For thou hast made him a little lower than the, than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Praise God. Who do you think he's referring to there? Yeah, you better believe it. Amen. Let's never forget who the creator is. In fact, if you study the first chapter of the book of Romans, you're going to see the downfall of mankind. And it comes in three different layers. But one of those areas, it talks about the fact that people start worshiping the creation instead of the creator. And that's what you and I don't want to be guilty of. Can you say amen? Are you glad that you know the Creator? Come on, I am too. I'm glad that I know the source of every situation in my life. I'm glad that Jesus Christ is readily available. I'm glad He doesn't always give me what I deserve, praise God. I'm glad that His mercy is renewed every day. I'm glad I can go to Him and I can just obtain all kinds of grace in my time of need. I'm glad that I know the source, folks. I'm going to tell you right now, He doesn't have a big barn. It's not even can. can hold all the things that he has. I'm telling you, he has it all. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. So think about this psalm. Write it down. Read it again in Jesus' name. Praise God. And so you and I, we can begin to develop some, you know, some attitudes and attributes that will help us in that. In fact, that's my next question for you. Think about this. What are some attributes that set apart someone who is thankful from someone who is not? What are the things that set apart people who really are from people who really aren't? That's, I, I, I didn't think of that. That's a good thought. Yeah, they're thankful for what they got, not for what the person beside them got. That's a good thought. Good, good thought. Somebody else, what's something that separates somebody who's thankful from somebody who really isn't? More aware of? I think that's kind of a byproduct, isn't it, Marvin? Yeah, yeah. I mean, never forget to tell who, who the source is. Anybody else? Yes. Yeah, kind of bleeds off and off. And that bleeds probably a bad word. Um, uh, uh, flows into everything else in life, doesn't it? That's a good thought, praise God. Being thankful, you know, for one thing can help you to be thankful for another. 
And pretty soon you're living your life with that kind of an attitude. Amen. But the opposite is, if you're not thankful, it doesn't matter how much of it it is. Yeah, that's pretty good. Anybody else got anything you want to add? This is good. How the what is? Whoa, there's a good attribute, isn't it? That, that humility. Amen. And that's not poor self-esteem, by the way. That's not thinking of yourself. Amen. That's thing. In fact, I think that was what, that's what separated that one leper. Praise God. These other guys might have gotten in a hurry of getting their certificate. You see, they had to go to the high priest to get a certificate that, that verified that they were healed so that they could actually go out into the general public. Yeah. So they could get involved with, you know, what, what was going on. And so maybe they were thinking about that first. But boy, that one guy didn't think about that first, did he? He said, wait a minute here, I need to take care of this first. Amen. And so maybe we could start doing that. What does the Bible say? One of the big principles in the New Testament is seek ye the kingdom of God. I think this would go right in a line with it. That any time and every time we get something, if the first thing we would do is begin, not a, you know, maybe physically lift our hands, but lift up our voices and say, I'm going to give God thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. I really think that's why it's important for us in public, and I'm not talking about putting on a show, but I think it's important for us to pray for our food. I think it's a great witness. I think it helps people understand that that simple entitlement mentality isn't part of this. I thank God that I can sit down and I can have a decent meal in Jesus' name. Amen. I think a lesson like this can go a long way in helping us not to take things for granted. Praise God. And so what Thanksgiving will really do is right up here. Thanksgiving honors, gives honor where honor is due. And boy, thank God for that. Praise God, all of us. Amen. Think about this. I never, I didn't realize this, but all of us are familiar with a salute. Okay, a salute. We know that's part of the military and that type of thing, a raised hand when encountering someone who deserves recognition or respect. In the military, they do that all the time. They've got to salute people who are, you know, are above them in rank. Several theories, though, exist as to the origin of the, of the salute. It may hearken back to Roman times when people gestured with the hand to greet one another. It may be that a raised hand signified that a soldier did not have a weapon and could be considered approachable. I mean, there's just a lot of different ideas out there, okay? But the most interesting theory, now we're talking about the salute here, is that in medieval times, armored soldiers had visors that covered their eyes and their faces. You couldn't see who was inside. And so when they approached a comrade, they would literally lift the visor. That's what they would do to reveal their identity and to show themselves to be friendly. Hmm. Never thought about that. That action evolved into the modern salute as show of respect to a superior officer. The officer would then return the gesture. What that's called, folks, is giving honor where honor is due. Amen. And one thing the Bible teaches us, because we can get into the habit of looking at the flaws of each other. We can do that. And they'll show. I don't care. The best of us. It's going to show from time to time. And that's why God says the thing that you need to honor about us, people, I'm talking about you and me, is we honor the position. But when it comes to God, we don't have to worry about him having a bad hair day, do we? We don't have to worry about him embarrassing us in public. God is always on his game. 
so we can give honor to him all the time, praise God. So consider that, praise God. I thought that was interesting, praise God. And I just want to make a note of this, and you might want to write this down, but thanksgiving must express itself in words and deeds. Now, I understand you can think about being thanks, thankful, but I think that thanksgiving really comes to the head or comes to the place where it's going to do some good when we do something, when we say something, when we make a gesture, praise God. And so think about that. God wants to help us to make gestures of thanksgiving in Jesus' name. You know, probably one of the, 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 the most notable psalms when it comes to giving God praise is the one that you see up there on the screen, and that is, of course, Psalms 150. You know, it's a beautiful psalm. You know, look at what it says. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament, firmament of his power. Number two says, praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. You ever thought about that? God is great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Then verse number three says, praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. It goes into the fact that you can use instruments to give God praise. And then verse number four, praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. And then it culminates by saying in verse number six, let everything, come on, say it with me, verse six, let Everything that hath breath, praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. Now, now you understand what the incentive was behind David when he was bringing that Ark of the Covenant into the city of Jerusalem. He wasn't trying to make a spectacle. He was just trying to, to show his appreciation, his thankfulness, praise God, that the presence of the Lord, and that's what the Ark represented, by the way. It represented the presence of God. And so he was thankful that that presence was coming into the city of Jerusalem, praise God. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. I am with him. I don't think we could ever do it enough. I'm just being flat honest with you. You know, we could never do it enough, praise God. Amen. And it's not like God is intimidating us with that, but we need to keep that in mind. Every time we have an opportunity, I feel like praising, praising him. I feel like praising, praising Him. What's it say then? We can praise Him in the morning, praise Him all day long. I feel like praising. Now, what's that second verse? Remember that? Now we ought to praise the Lord while we have the chance. I believe that. We ought to praise the Lord while we have the chance. What are we going to do? Praise Him in the morning, praise Him all day long, because I feel like praising, praising Him. Now think about that. That's our right. That is what God gives us a privilege to do, praise God, is that we can praise Him anytime. Hallelujah. You don't even have to have Him do anything nice to you that you've noticed. Because I'm going to tell you right now, one of the things that praising helps me is the stuff that I don't notice. Praise God. I'm glad I got a voice. 
I'm glad I got breath that's coming out of my mouth. I'm glad that I got good health. I'm glad that God has been in my life all of this day, praise God. I'm telling you something, folks. This is what thanksgiving will help us to do. It'll help wake us up to the fact that God has been real good to us in Jesus' name, praise God. Now, again, you know, the question might be asked, how? How does being thankful strengthen relationships? What do you think? How does being thankful strengthen a relationship? Yes. That's good. Yeah. Just shows that appreciation. Anybody else? Just one more. How do you think it strengthens a relationship? Being thankful. How does that strengthen a relationship? Eh, it's one of those, well, it just does, right? <laughs> yeah, look at somebody say, well, it just does. Yeah, yeah, it just does. Well, Thanksgiving forms a relationship with the source. That's the thing that God allows us to come. It just, it's just easier. I don't know about you, but it's just easier to, you know, embrace God when I have a thankful heart. And so I want to continue that on, praise God. I want to continue that on every day of my life in Jesus' name. Well, look it up here. If thanksgiving means remembering that God is the source of all good things, then we must devise ways to stay close to the source. See, that's the byproduct of being, being thankful. In my opinion, one of them is anyway, is that you want to stay close to God. You don't want to leave him. You don't want to get too far away from him. That's just what it does. And in my opinion, in today's world, where there's so many things built into our culture and our world that can, that can put a wedge between us and God. Listen to me, folks. I'm going to tell you, the closer you live with God, the better you're going to be. Praise God. And so this is one thing that God does, is that thankfulness will build that. Thank, thankfulness will allow us to get closer to Him. And man, keep us right there in Jesus' name. So, you know, if Thanksgiving means remembering that God is the source of all things, that's what it does, then we must devise ways to stay close to the source in Jesus' name. Praise God. You know, this is something that I thought was kind of interesting. In recent times, some creative souls envisioned a new way to observe the ancient sacrifice of fasting and withdrawing from the busyness of life. What they do, what they have it now, is they call it a media fast. And what they do is they turn off their devices, phones, TVs, radio, computer, and so on, that devour huge qualities of our time and attention. Does that make sense? Amen. Let me ask you the question here. This will probably be the last one I'll ask you tonight, but do you see any benefits of participating in a media fast? Ah, come on, give me some. What would be some of the re what would be some of the benefits of going on a media fast? You're forced to do what? Well, you gotta talk at the kitchen table. Yeah, you gotta have some kind of dialogue there. That's good. I think that's cool. Amen. Marvin, you had your hand up. Ooh, that four-letter word. Time. Just time in general. I mean, time to read is a good point, but just time in general. 
Amen. We were, I had to take my wife to the doctor today. And I just love to sit in places like that and, um, and watch people. In fact, what I'm going to do, I'm, gonna, I'm doing all of this for you people. You know, she had an appointment at 10 o'clock, and at 11 o'clock, we were still there. I am going down to my work area, and I'm filling out an invoice for my time, and I'm going to send it to that doctor. <laughs> he owes me for an hour. I won't do it, but I was really tempted to do it. But I was watching around that room, and as we were sitting there, all kinds of people came in, and I'm going to tell you about 85% of those people Yep, they had him. And I mean, there was no dialogue. The guy sitting next to me, man, he was filling out his, his, um, his paperwork, and I just needed somebody to talk to. So I started talking to him, and he was telling me about it. He said, man, alive, i got to answer all these questions. I said, yeah. I said, you got to be a real smart person to come to a doctor's office. He says, really? I said, yeah, because you've got to answer all those questions. And him and I started laughing. But he, he's about the only one in the room that wasn't using his, tel his, his, his phone. And so think about that. You know, why don't you do this this week, just as an experiment for yourself. Just look at some of the time that you could free up. That you could free up and maybe talk to God. Maybe listen to what he has to say to you. I'm talking about something that could really strengthen yours and my relationship with him. Now, God's not going to beg you to do it. But I think one of the incentives is being thankful for what he has done. I think this will cause us to come closer to him and want to spend more and more and more and more time, praise God. So the benefits, you said it. You got to talk. You got to do something. You said it. Time. I think these are two good answers, praise God. Amen. God is so good. Yes. 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 Well, our world, and, it's, and, it's, and it says it right up there under number two there, you would be well served to separate yourself from all distractions. That's what we're dealing with a lot of times on a daily basis. And isolate yourself for a time to the source of all your... And, and, and uh, isolate yourself for a time to focus on the source of all of your blessings. Boy, those are two good things, folks. Distractions and focus. And so God can help us to do that. And this idea of thanksgiving and being thankful, I think, is one way to really begin to jar that up in us every day in Jesus' name. Praise God. In fact, if you study the life of Jesus, which you should do, I should do that. He's your greatest and my greatest example. It doesn't get any better than Jesus. Amen. You're going to find that the Bible even mentions times that Jesus would withdraw himself from people. Go into the wilderness, go up into the mountains, whatever it took. He would spend entire nights praying to the Father. Now, I'm talking about the man Christ Jesus. So he saw the need for, for, to get rid of the distractions. And all of us are battling that, folks. I'm telling you, everybody in this world today is battling distractions. We just are, that's the byproduct of our culture. But we can make a concerted effort because he's done so much for us. Come on, it's like she talked about tonight in the song. He's done so much for me that I cannot tell it all. Come on, never forget the Lord has been a huge blessing. And never forget the key verse here. Every good gift, 
Every perfect gift cometh from God. Praise God. And let's make up our minds that we are not going to forget that in Jesus' name. The last thing tonight we'll talk about before I have something here to read to you, praise God, is the idea of Mark chapter 14, verses 35 through 38. The Bible says this is referring to the time that Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. This was right prior to his crucifixion, and this was a very, 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 just a very, very powerful time, praise God. But the Bible says, and he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the, the hour might pass from him. And of course, we understand he was dealing with his crucifixion. Jesus knew what was going to happen. And as a man, you know, this is, again, we must understand Jesus had a human will. And so that human will said, is there another way to do this, you know? Well, the Bible says in verse 36 there, it says, And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou will. Now, that's a, that's a tremendous verse of Scripture there. But the bottom line is, if there was an easier way to do it, Jesus was all for that. Now, that wasn't sinful, folks. That was just human beings. Amen. And so here's Jesus, and he's in that garden, and he needs power, he needs strength in Jesus' name, and so what he's done is he's gone into that garden to pray. And the Bible says, and he cometh and findeth them, them sleeping. Now, you've got to understand, he invited some disciples in there with him. And the scripture says, and he saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou, couldst not thou watch for what? Yeah, now I've used that. Now, one of the things um, that we do once a month, and I want to kind of challenge you here in, 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 in the end here, you know, is that we, we pray between 5 and 6 o'clock on a Saturday night. We just kind of use this as our, um, the end of our week of prayer and fasting. And I understand schedules, and sometimes that won't fit somebody's schedule, and so I'm not here to rain on that parade. But the thing that I want you to be challenged is, is stretch yourself with prayer. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about saying, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jacob, thank you, Jesus, for a half an hour. But I'm talking about, you know, we, we have a, um, a prayer clock that divides an hour into five-minute segments. And it actually goes into a lot of different aspects of pray. You know, like praise, reading your Bible, meditating, that type of thing. One of the things I would challenge you to do is ask the Lord to help you to develop a prayer life that could extend to at least one hour. Now, I'm not saying that has to happen by the end of the year, but why don't you make that your goal for this year? Say, God, I am going to, with your help, I'm going to be able to spend at least one hour, praise God, with you. Can somebody say amen? Because Jesus said there in Mark 14, he said, watch ye and pray lest ye enter into temptation. Now, that's good advice, folks. That's one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons we need to be praying is because we live in a world that is tempting us over and over and over and over again. And a lot of times, through the element of prayer, God will remind us, praise God, you don't have to go there. You don't have to do that. You don't have to act that way, praise God. He's not doing that in a condescending way. He's doing that by way of reminder. And so I'm telling you, folks, we can, we can use these tools that God has given us. And, you know, he mentioned it. Jesus mentioned it. He said, the spirit truly is ready. Your spirit really can do a lot of things. Amen. But the flesh, everybody say, my flesh. My flesh. 
Come on, it's your flesh, and I got one too, praise God. This is the thing that we have to be careful of, and that's why we need God's help. Can you say amen? I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but next Thursday, or a week from tomorrow, that is, we're going to be celebrating you know, Thanksgiving Day, and I, I love the day. I think it's a great idea. I think it's something that, that is really, really um, um, needed, praise God. But a lot of people don't realize where did, when did it when did it come into play, you know, when did when was the first initiation of this? Well, listen to this, on October the 3rd, 1863, does anybody know what was going on during the first five years of the 1860s? Come on, history? Civil War. This country was split. This country had some big problems. This, this country was going through some real, real, real deep things. And so I believe this was of God. In fact, I know it was of God. So October the 3rd, 1863, the President of the United States gave this proclamation. Now, it's kind of a long one. I'm going to have it done here in just a minute. And it's got some old English words in it. But think about this. Think about what was happening here. The proclamation goes like this. The year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To those bounties which are so con uh, constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come. Others have been added which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible to the ever watchful providence of Almighty God. Well, that was written by, our president, by the president. It goes on to say, in the midst of the civil war of unequaled magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and to provoke their aggression, peace has been preserved with all nations. Um, nations. Order has been maintained, the laws have been respected and obeyed, and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict. While that theater has been greatly con contracted by the advancing armies and navies of the Union, needful diversions of wealth and of strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense have been arrested or have, have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. The axe has enlarged the borders of our settlements and the mines as well as of iron and coal as of the precious metals have yielded even more abundantly than heretofore. Population has steadily increased notwithstanding the waste that has been made in the camp, the siege and the battlefield and the country rejoicing in the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor is permitted to expect continuance of years with large increase of, of freedom. See, in the midst of that terrible time, he was pointing out that there are still a lot of blessings going on in this country. I thought that was powerful. Then he goes, I'm just about done. Then he goes on to say, No human counsel has devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God who while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. 
I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our benevolent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the uh, inscriptions justly due to him for such singular deliverances and blessings. They do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged and fervently implore, ploy the interpolated position of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. In testimony thereof, I have here, hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed done at the city of Washington this third day of October in the year of our Lord 1863 of the independence of the United States, the 88th. That was the 80th year that the United States was in independence. And that was signed by the President of the United States, Abraham Lincoln. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. I think that we can take note of this, that maybe the next time we're going through something that maybe is a little tough, Maybe what we might want to remember is a lesson like this that says, you know, even in those kind of things, I can begin to lift my hand towards heaven and I can begin to give him the praise and the glory for what he has done in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me tonight? Thank you so much for allowing me to teach this. It has been a joy and it's been an eye-opener to me, praise God, because of what God wants to do in everybody's life in here, including mine, in Jesus' name. I'm going to believe God for greater things, but I want to believe God that in everything I'm going to be able to give him thanks. I want to believe that, in, that for everything I can begin to give God thanks in Jesus' name. Why don't we just, just try that on for size here tonight as we conclude this lesson. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for the blessings. I thank you for all the things that you do because I really am beginning to see, Lord God, that aspect of Scripture that all things together work for the good. You have proved that so many times in my life, Lord God. And so help me again, Lord Jesus, to remind myself of who the source really is. I give you the praise and the glory. There's nobody like you. There never, ever will be. I don't worship anybody else but you, Lord God. I want to just continue Continue to lift you up greater and better than I ever have before, Lord God. And Lord Jesus, I pray that our eyes will be open, that our ears will be open to what you're saying. And in the name of Jesus, Lord God, this Thanksgiving that's coming up will be the greatest Thanksgiving we ever had because we will realize that we are people who are absolutely blessed in Jesus' name. Touch everybody here. I pray for this city. I pray for this county. I pray for this state, for this, this district, Lord God. I pray for every apostolic in the name of Jesus that this will get a hold of each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Can you say amen?
God bless you, and thank you for coming to this service tonight. The Lord bless you. Don't forget on Saturday, if you're interested, we're going to be making peanut brittle down here starting at 1 o'clock. You still have time to sign up back there if you want to. If you want to um, oh, you got everything? Okay, then you don't need to sign up. You just need to be here. So the Lord bless you. In Jesus' name, don't forget our service is coming up this weekend. Oh, yes, next Wednesday we will not be having services. We take the Wednesday before the Thursday of Thanksgiving off. In Jesus' name.